Welcome to New Life Bible Church, and thank you for joining us. Every week, listen to practical teaching of God's Word you can apply to your life as you live out your faith every day. Our vision at New Life is that you may know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Here's this week's message from New Life Bible Church. ...upon those that hear it, and that we would become doers of the Word and not just hearers, for those are the ones that build their house on the rock. We want to build our house on the rock today, Lord. So help us to make these adjustments, Lord. Help us to repent. Help us, Lord, to change our minds. Help us, Lord, as this word enters our spirit, Lord, that it would become part of who we are and change us, Lord, that we would truly never be the same. Amen? Amen. So decision, service, rest, and reward. And we're going to go through the book of Ruth. How many of you know we have a, a book in the Old Testament called the book of Ruth? And there's a story there, but it's filled with types and shadows. So, you know, I've heard, I've been even a part of a, of a church for a little while where uh, they say, oh, we're a New Testament church. And, and we, we're, we live our lives according to the new and better covenant. And we would not have a New Testament if it were not for the Old Testament. And the New Testament only confirms the Old Testament, right? And there are so many things to learn from the Old Testament. But we have these churches that want to just throw away the Old Testament and go on into the New Testament, but you really can't do that. If you look at the book of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, when he preaches to the Jews, he uses Old Testament scriptures a lot. He connects, you know, how many of you skip over that first chapter? So-and-so begot, so-and-so begot, so-and-so, right? It's like, what in the world? Why is this? This is very important to the Jews because they needed to see that Jesus was in the, in the lineage of Abraham and David. If not, they would not have even accepted him as the Messiah. So he goes through that. Le- and what I love about it is that in there is Ruth. In there is, is some other women. One of them is a harlot in the lineage. It's like, wow, how could that have happened? But there it was. God used that lineage to bring onto us the New Testament through the shedding of Jesus' blood and the resurrection of Jesus, right? So we have this new and better covenant that we live by. But the Old Testament is full of types and shadows, and I'm going to explain that to you in just a moment. But uh, we're going to go through this book uh, fairly quickly. I'm going to read large portions of it, so I'm going to ask you to just bear with me. I tried going through there and picking out the portions that we really needed for the sake of uh, this series, but I, I just couldn't do it without, you know, I'm a context guy, so uh, I like to keep things in context. Sometimes people tell me, what does this scripture mean? I, and my answer is always, read it in context. Go back, read the chapter, read the book, yeah. right? Read it, read the whole book of Matthew, read the whole book Right? In the book of Acts, Jesus is constantly quoting Old Testament scripture to confirm New Testament beliefs. So um, let's go. Ruth chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. And a certain man of Bethlehem, remember that, Judah, went to dwell in the country of Moab. He and his wife and his two sons, the name of the man was Elimelech, the name of his wife was Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Chilion, Aphrodites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to the country of Moab and remained there. Now, when the Bible 
you know, was written, uh, Holy Spirit inspired to these men, whenever they use a name, there's always a purpose for that name. If not, it would say a certain man, a certain rich man, a certain woman. But when they use names, their names were, their names were, their names were. When it uses that, it's because those names mean something to the story. You must understand why they were named this and how they were named this. Where were they when they gave them these names? What was going on in, uh, in their surroundings and in their city and wherever they were uh, when they, these names were given? So Elimelech from Bethlehem, Ju- Judah. So Elimelech, that name means my God is king. Pretty good name, right? And then Bethlehem is house of bread. How many of you knew that already, right? House of bread, Bethlehem. Judah is praise from the root word yada, which means to shoot like an arrow and throw forth your hand in a gesture of giving, right? Judah, house of bread, house of giving from a place of giving. Our God is king, and we are from the house of bread. And we stretch forth our hand to the most high God through our giving of our praise and our tithes and our offerings. Tell me that doesn't fit New Testament beliefs. All right? We are in the house of bread. Our provision is here. (laughs) Naomi is his delight. The parents of these adults that had children, they they must have loved these kids. I mean, they gave them some pretty amazing names. Elimelech and Naomi were born during the time of God's blessing in Bethlehem. This blessing is spoken of in Deuteronomy 28. We'll get there at the end. We're going to read that at the end. Uh, You know, Deuteronomy 28 says, if you obey God and do his commandments, you will have these blessings. And it goes through the blessings. And then it spends, I don't know how many more verses, a lot more than the blessing part for all the things that would happen to you if you didn't obey his commands and follow uh, his word. So, uh, but we're only going to read the good part, right? Say amen. 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 So their sons, however, were born at the beginning of the famine in Bethlehem, hence their names. So Malon means sick, period. Imagine your, boy, your son being born sick. I think we're going to name him sick. <laughs> and Chilion is pining, which means wasting away wow. and languishing to be consumed by the lack of food and strength. You almost like cursed your own kids right there. But where was their spirit? Where were they in the midst of this? They obviously were not trusting God. Can we say that? They're in the house of bread. I know that there was lack and there was hunger and there was, but they were in the house of bread. If they would, I think, they would have waited and gone through that time of, of need. Eventually, it would have become the house of bread once again. The naming of their children says something about the condition of their hearts at this time. They were truly trusting God. Their names would have been different. Even though there was a famine, there also was a promise in Deuteronomy 28 again. Elimelech could have chosen to wait on God, but chose to go to Moab. He chose to sacrifice his conviction for the sake of provision. Yeah. 
So give me about five minutes, and after I'm done saying these things, you cannot get up, you cannot leave, and you can't be mad at me. Can you promise those things? <laughs> this happens today. We sacrifice our children on the altar of mammon. Our laws are passed. Our government gives us money to make certain decisions. And we line our pockets and we sacrifice our own convictions. We vote on behalf of money. We vote on behalf of provision. And we don't vote on behalf of conviction because money is going to line our pockets. We do it. It's being done. We want to pass this law in the Senate and we have $3 trillion that we want to give to the people and the people, yes, and they all, and they don't realize that within that bill, there are so many things that are going to be supported that are so against what we believe. Abortion. Uh, one of the things in the bill was to reconstruct or, or rebuild uh, uh, this building of art that uh, one of the artists was uh, a, um, an atheist, and most of his art had to do with crucifixions. One of his major art pieces that sold for thousands and thousands of dollars was a bottle uh, full of urine with a crucifix in it and sealed. So basically, he peed in a bottle, he put a crucifix in it, sealed it up, and sold it for thousands of dollars and called it art, and somebody actually bought it. And we voted to have that building rebuilt so people can put their art inside that building. I know, we didn't know, but we wanted you know, there's been times where things, these things happen, and I look at my wife, and I say, you know, if I could, if I could just, I, I don't want the money. I, I really don't. I'd rather, I'd rather this country go back to their roots and back to, to what they originally believed. And they weren't even perfect back then, because even in the midst of believing in God, they had slavery, and they had all kinds of stuff going on, you know? And they, a lot of these things they did in the name of God, so they weren't perfect back then. And then what do we say? I, this Christian comedian says uh, that he was watching CNN and, and one of the, the commentators said, this country is more divided now than it's ever been ever in the history of this country. And then he says, what, did they forget the Civil War? <laughs> did they forget the, the emancipation? Did they forget? And he goes, we've been more divided in the past. Than we, have, than we are right now, even though we still are divided. Let's not sacrifice our convictions or our children on the altar of mammon anymore. Would you like me to continue? Yeah, yeah let's get out of this, right? Let's get our feet out of this mud. So Moab means of his carnal father born of incest. So Moab was a city or a town that was uh, 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 founded upon Lot's family. And Lot uh, had all girls, and uh, they want, they, he needed a boy to be able to uh, create an inheritance. And the, the daughters, they were older, and they said, you know, we'll take this on our own hands, and we'll make a boy for him. And they get him drunk, and they sleep with their father, and they created this whole city, Moab, on, the, on incest. Descendants of Lot. Moab was also a place of many idols. 
Here's a family that loved God, understood who he was, creator of heaven and earth. They used to say this all the time in the Old Testament. Whenever you said Lord or God in a room, somebody else would respond, creator of heaven and earth, because there were so many gods and so many different... They would always confirm that that's who they were talking about. And these were the, these, this family loved this God. They were part of this family in Bethlehem. But they got hungry, physically hungry. We're going through something similar in our nation and world right now, and God is giving us a chance to return to the house of bread and the place of praise by stretching out our hand. Then a blessing will be poured out like in Deuteronomy 28. Yes, I'm going to mention it until we read it. But we must make a decision. Everybody say decision. decision. I'm going to give you the definition of that in just a moment. We as a people or a church have a decision to make, and we're going, it's going to take matters into our own hands, or are we going to trust God? Are we going to take matters into our own hands when we make that decision, or are we going to make that decision according to what God's promises says? Because in Moab, they took it into their own hands. Right. Let's stick it out in the land of promise. Ruth. Chapter 1, we're going to pick up in verse 3. We're going to read through 13. I was going to skip this and just let you know what happens uh, in a short sentence by saying all the men died, but uh, we, we really need to read this. Spoiler alert, too late. Then Elimelech, Noemi's husband, died. She was left with her two sons. Now they took wives of the women of... One mistake after the other. The name of the one was Orpah. She went around and gave free cars to everyone. And then, oh no, that's Oprah. That's Oprah. I'm sorry. <laughs> was or I figured we needed a little laugh there. Orpah and the name of the other Ruth. And they dwelt there about ten years. Then both Malon, sick, and Chilion, dying of hunger, also died. Well, that's what you named them, right? So the <laughs> The woman survived her two sons and her husband. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. It took 10 years. It's a long time. Would we have waited 10 years? Therefore she went out from that place where she was, and her two daughters-in-law with her, and they went on their way to return to the land of Judah. And Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go return each to your mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may, may find rest each in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them and they lifted up their voices and wept. And they said to her, Surely we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there still sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say, I have hope, if I should have a husband tonight and should also bear sons, would you wait for them until they were grown? Would you restrain yourselves from having husbands? No. 
my daughters. If it grieves me very much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. So between Ruth chapter 1 verse 3 and chapter 1 verse 13, we see Elimelech, the dad, Malon, Chilion, the sons, they all died in Moab, which left the daughter-in-law to make a decision. Now they're originally from Moab. They're accustomed to what's happening in Moab. They know the foundation of Moab. They know how it all started. They know that there are many idols there, but they met Naomi. And Naomi only had one God. And because she obeyed her husband, which she should do according to the times, right? She obeyed her husband, and they moved because they were hungry. And then we pick up here. Now they're all dead. Only the women are left. And she's trying to, she's trying to tell them to stay while she goes back because she got word that in Bethlehem, the house of bread, there was bread. Ruth chapter 1, verses 14 through 17. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpah told them to look under their chairs. Now, Orpah, if you're laughing, it's because you watch that show. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. Are you a kisser or a clinger? And she said, look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Lowercase g. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, entreat Ruth said, entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. Now we hear this in weddings a lot. For wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. Your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. The Lord do so to me. And more also, if anything but death parts you and me. It's a great Great saying to say between a husband and a wife. But here is a, a daughter-in-law that her husband had died, had no longer any connection to this woman, but decides that she's going to follow her. What did she see in Naomi that was so important that she had to leave her own country, her own convictions, her own way of upbringing to go to a new place that she had no idea? And listen, she wasn't going, I'm going with you because there's bread over there. She said, I'm going with you and I'll die there with you. Yes. Where you die, I, where you live, I will live. Where you die, I will die. I'm going there, not because there's bread, because you're going there, Naomi, and I'm not leaving you. <laughs> Ruth made a decision to cling and not to kiss. Ruth confesses her wanting to go to the house of bread and remain faithful to Naomi. Remember? God's delight. God was delighted by Naomi. He was faithful to Naomi. He was showing himself through Naomi. And Ruth caught that. Ruth caught that. How many of us are suffering the consequences of bad decisions? What's awesome about God's promises is that he allows you to make decisions to, go, to get back to that place of blessing, to the house of bread. Just because you've made some bad decisions does not mean that you should lose hope. God has a plan for you, and it is a future and a hope. Now listen carefully. The word decision. D- Incision. 
You've heard scission before, right? Incision. Incision is to cut, right? Decision is to cut off, to amputate. comes from two Latin words that mean to amputate, to cut off. When you make a decision on one thing, you cut off another thing. And we could all agree on it. We're all like, yeah, all right. But do you know that if you make a wrong decision, you cut off the right? If you make a wrong decision, you're no longer going to live in the right because you've just cut that off because you've decided to go on this path and the path of blessings over there. You've just cut that off. You cannot live in a bad decision and expect God to bless you anyway. We want to make our own decisions. We don't want to go to God. We don't want to ask God for his guidance and direction. We don't want to do any of that. We want to make our own decisions that satisfy us, that give us our own pleasure at the moment. Do you know that sin gives you instant gratification, but obedience takes time? Obey God. You may have to suffer through that obedience, but the blessing is on its way. The house of bread is right around the corner. But sin, instant gratification, but then it'll cost you something. Always. Always. In the same way, if you make a decision to do the right thing, you make a decision to ask God to lead you, and you make a decision to end up in his blessing, what do you cut off? The curse. You cut off all the curses behind you. You cut off everything, right? That's what I used to say. I said, in my family, if I go back generations, there are curses there that I cut off. There's a chain there that I removed the link from and said, I'm starting from scratch because I make a decision today. I cut off the old to start anew. So we think that decisions aren't, aren't that big of a deal. They are a big deal. It could put you on a path to destruction or it could put you on a path to blessing. It's that path that always confuses us. That journey that always... See, and this is another one of my little sayings. The victory is guaranteed. The journey, it's up for grabs. The journey, we don't know how that's going to work out. But we know that the victory is guaranteed. So there are promises of God, but we don't want to do the journey for the promise. We just want the promise. But the journey may be difficult. The journey may be something that doesn't seem like you're in the midst of his blessing. You may not be. Oh my, I don't think this this can't be God. I'm struggling here. You got to recognize <laughs> ultimately your decision determines your destiny we want the reward and we'll get there in a few weeks but we have a decision to make a service to do a rest and then comes the reward So stick with me over the next few weeks. We're going to have a break. We're going to do decision and service, and then Mike Williams is going to minister, and then we're going to do rest and reward uh, after the week after he's here. So I just wanted to cover this, and I've done this with the youth here in the past, and some of you have heard this before and have heard me repeat it many, many times. It's called the Triple D, and this is something that uh, I taught at the RAP, and uh, you know we honored... Uh, uh, Maria's brother here, John, uh, Johnny, and, and he had a letter that I had written to him and, and about the Triple D, and um, uh, there was another young man, Julian, that has also passed, 
Uh, he was hit by a, a vehicle there in, in Deleon Springs. But he, when they left this rap program, they did not forget the Triple D. They were always, even Julian, he was like, I'll never forget the Triple D. And he would, he would repeat it after, you know, and say, decision determines destiny. And then the other one was, if you hang out with dogs with fleas, you get fleas, which I'm going to cover in just a moment. But uh, decision that affects your future. So decision determines destiny. Uh, where you're at right now, we want to blame everybody. Right? Because right? then, then the fault is not mine. And I don't want it to be my fault. No. My mommy and my daddy and my sister and my brother and my husband and my wife. And Well, who decided to marry them? I know you didn't decide who your parents are. That wasn't your decision. Okay? <laughs> you didn't get to choose them, but they're your parents anyway, right? But you, do, you can't decide not to allow those things to bring you down. And as long as you're blaming somebody else, you're going to remain in that spot yeah. that you're at. We want out of our situation, but we don't want to make a decision to take responsibility yeah. for our own decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, what, what a good word today, Pastor Rick. Thank you so much. I feel so uplifted today. <laughs> Woohoo! Decision determines destiny. Here are the, the, the three things, right? Number one, choose your friends with caution. If you know the book of Job, right? Job had some friends, and Job was being attacked by the devil. And, and you, you know, somebody asked me, well, why do you think God allowed that to happen to Job? Because he knew Job was going to make him look good. That's my answer. I don't know all the other details, but uh, now the theologians are saying that the book of Job is actually a parable. I don't know if it's either way, there's a message there. So things are happening in his life, and his, he lost his wife, there's sickness, there's all this happening, and he's losing everything. His friends gather around, why do you kneel before this God that has allowed this to happen? That's not the kind of friends I want. I want the kind of friends that are willing to pick me up off the ground, drag me for several blocks, tear out the top of a roof of a building to bring me before Jesus. That's the friends I want. And read that story. I was going to put it in here, but I always run out of sight. I've been, I've been trying to shorten my messages for you guys. <laughs> when they bring this man before Jesus, Jesus looks up at the hole and says, because of your faith, this man is healed. Yeah. It was because of his friend's faith that the man was healed. Yeah. Surround me with them kind of people any day. Yeah. Give me those friends. I want those friends. Proverbs 12, 26. Oh, like I can't. If you're hanging out with the friends that are pulling you away from the things of God, it's time to say, bye, bye, bye. How's it go? How's that song go? Don't laugh at me. How's it go? Bye, bye, bye. What are you guys listening to? If you're being tempted by a friend, or I always tell the men this, if you're being tempted by a woman, there's one word. What is it? Run! <laughs> now you see why the, the drug addicts at the rap program like me so much. Proverbs 12, at first they didn't. At first they were like, oh, you brought some, some pastor in here. And then I brought Chris Salamone, my buddy that just passed away. He was a New Smyrna police officer. I brought him in there, and they looked at me and said, Pastor Rick, why'd you bring a pig in here? He was dressed, in, he was a motorcycle cop, so he was dressed in his cop uniform. He laughed, and, and they ended up, after that day, they were like, every time I showed up without him, where's Chris? Where's Chris? <laughs> they ended up loving him. 
Proverbs 12, 26, the righteous should choose his friends carefully. We want to say we're righteous, but righteous people make good choices. I don't want to say it backwards because I might, you know, step on somebody's toe, but if you're making wrong choices, then you must not be. Okay, for the way of the wicked leads them astray. Sometimes we just need to remove the people around us. We stick it out. Oh, they've been there for me. They did this for me. They're tearing you down. They're not lifting you up. You're in a relationship, and you're, you're goo-goo-gaga about the man or the woman, and you're like, oh, yeah, this is the one. And they're not making you a better person, yes. a more godly person. You need to look at what that person, how they affect your life. Yeah. How is this person affecting my life? Are they making me a better person? Till today, my wife makes me a better person. Till today, I'm who I am today because she always uplifted me. She always spoke into my life and, you know, and and she always barked me into position. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm only kidding. 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 Yes, ma'am. I'm sorry. Allow me to continue. (laughs) So the righteous should choose his friends carefully, for the way of the wicked leads them astray. Number two, plan your future with purpose. Plan your future with purpose. Thomas Carlyle, he's a Scottish philosopher, also a Christian, said, The man without a purpose is like a ship without a rudder, a waif, a nothing, a no man. Have a purpose in life. And having it, throw such strength of mind and muscle into your work as God has given you. I love this because at the end he says, throw everything into it as God has given you. We want God to give us the stuff. And he's saying, let God strengthen you that you can go get what he is giving you. Isn't that better? Than, to me, I know it's better just to be a, have a sugar daddy up there and, and go to God and ask for something and then him just give it to you, right? But sometimes God says, no, no, uh, it, it's there. You just, it's, it's on the other side of that wall over there, and you're just going to have to climb that wall and go through the mud and get over. And on the other side is your blessing. But as you do this, that journey for you to get your blessing is going to cause you to grow. Yes. And we want God to do something for us when God is trying to do something in us. Some of you have heard this before. Right? I want, some, I want God to do something in me. If he just does something for me. Well, you know, I drive this nice car, I have this nice house, and I'm a good testimony of God's blessing in my life. Listen, there are atheists out there that have nicer cars and nicer houses than you. So if what you have is a testimony, then their testimony is that there is no God. We've, we've messed that prosperity message up so bad that we think that our possessions are a testimony as to who God is. No! How we live our lives, no matter what we have or don't have, is what makes God shine through us. I was in a, uh, uh, I'm going to uh, recommend it. It's a Colombian restaurant. Uh, they just opened about two weeks ago here in the land on 17 and near 92. 
Parva, Parva it's called. Yeah, really good food. Awesome. I recommend it. The, the, Cubans, the Cubans have black beans and the, the, uh, the Colombians have red beans. They make the red beans and the, their red beans are amazing. They're, I, I was like, wow. I mean, the rice is white rice and they put a fry. I got the bandeja paisa. Yeah. I, I cleaned that baby up. So now you want to know what that is, right? How many of you want, don't know what that is? Don't know what it is. Okay, we got somebody raised their hand. So bandeja is, is like a, not a, we talked about this, a platter. It's not a plate, but a platter. So it's bigger than a plate. I don't know how these Colombians do this, but anyway, I, I think I'm going to become Colombian. But it's a, it's a platter, and on that platter you get a, a rice with a fried egg on top of it. You get a steak, a palomilla steak, a long steak. You get chicharrón, which is the fried uh, pork belly, right? And you get the chicharrón on top of the steak, and then you get the bowl of the red beans, and then you get arepa, you get a couple of arepa, oh, you get avocado, and all this is on this plate. It's all just, they eat it for breakfast, they eat it for dinner, they eat it whenever. Chorizo, the sausage, yeah, did I not say sausage? It was, the chorizo was really amazing. So in some places, they cut the chorizo and put cheese in the middle. This place didn't do that, but it was still good, it was still good. So I'm sitting there, and uh, my wife wanted a day at the beach by herself, so you know, I grant her that so she can get away from me for a little bit. And she went down to the beach, and, and really, I didn't grant her that. She just went to the beach. So I wanted to try this place, and you know, food is not, she's more of a salad and, and that kind of thing. So when, when I'm not with her, I try to, these different restaurants. So I went down there, I tried the restaurant, and I'm sitting there by myself, you know, and I get my, my plate of food. And this couple comes in, and they sit down. And uh, they order, and their food comes, and when their food comes, the lady reaches over the, the thing, grabs her husband's hands, and they, they say this lovely prayer, uh, not really loud, but not really low. Other people around us, there were several tables around us, all heard them pray, and, and I was like, oh, wow, this is cool. And then for the next 15 minutes, while the, the, the waiter and waitress came to the table, they were so extremely rude and mean to this woman. The woman just about got teared up. They wouldn't look at her. They were just treating her horribly. I mean, they did get a dirty knife. That happens, right? You get a dirty, you ask for another one, they bring you another one. Or like me, I just rub it and use it. <laughs> right? Didn't change the taste of the food. I really don't care what's in it. Right? I've eaten in places and eaten stuff that, you know, with my hands. And nowhere to wash your hands. And I was like, wow, for just a moment, it was like, wow, look, this is cool. And then the next moment, it would have been better for them not to have prayed out loud and to represented themselves as Christians. I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed. So it's not about what you have or, or how loud you say you're a Christian. Or it's really in your behavior and how you treat others. They will know that we are disciples of Jesus if we love one another. Proverbs 29, 18. Plan your future with purpose. Where there's no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Right? He that does the word of God. Plan your future with purpose. Psalms 20, verses one, uh, verses, verse 4. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. We have a purpose of our own, don't we? 
but I want to fulfill his purpose. It's different. It's always different. Sometimes we get pretty close to figuring out his purpose for our life. But most of the time it's like, I didn't see it that way, Lord, but okay. Yes, Lord. Because if you say no, Lord, he ceases to be Lord. Number three, frame your world with faith. Galatians 2.20. These are decision determines destiny. Frame your world with faith. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Who am I? I'm a son of the Almighty God. I have been crucified with Christ. My faith is not in me, but in him. How do I frame my world with faith? In Romans, it says that he framed the world with his words. He created the world with his words. Let's begin to have faith in God and in ourselves. One thing is to have faith in God. Another thing is to have faith in, in the God that's in us. I was watching something the, uh, yesterday. And they, they were talking about trust. And they, and they, they asked the guy, he goes, uh, you know, do you trust uh, it was a, a, a two police officers. Do you trust your partner? And he says, nope, I don't trust anybody. And the other person looked at him and goes, but I trust the God in them. I said, I've said that, right? I don't trust people. I trust the God in them. That's different. Yes. Completely different. So if you see God in somebody, that's something I can trust because I trust God. Now, he was a little harsh to say, I don't trust anybody. But I understood what was going on. We need to learn and know the plans and purposes that God has for us and believe that he will accomplish them. We also need to begin to have faith in ourselves. God believes in you. Now you need to believe in you. Who are we? If you say, oh God, you know, I, I'm really... I, I know you say that I'm more than a conqueror, but nah, I don't think so. Why are you arguing with God? Yeah. <laughs> he created you in, his mother's, in your mother's womb. He molded you with his own hands. He made you into the person that you are. Well, why am I so different? Why do I look like this? And why do my features look like... Listen, that's all the world putting stuff on you. I believe that everyone is beautiful. In the eyes of God, every, because we look at the outer appearance, God looks at the heart, right? And there's always somebody for somebody. And sometimes God blinds one person to end up with another. That's what happened here. See, God blinded her to end up with me. That's why I'm trying to make up for what I said earlier. Such a beautiful smile. It's so great seeing you smiling. I put your hand over your face. Thank you, Lord. Believe, <laughs> believe in faith. Believe in faith that I, what I'm about to speak over you and make a decision to follow him and obey him, and these things shall overtake you. Overtake the blessings of God. Don't just come into your life. They overtake you. Hmm. Go ahead and stand to your feet for this. I'm going to ask you to bear with me.
and just receive this as I speak it. Before I, before I read it, thank you, Lord. We make a decision today to go back to the house of bread. Forgive us as we repent this morning and ask for you to forgive us for the decisions we've made in our lives, Lord, the things and convictions that we've sacrificed for the sake of either money or, or possessions or something else, Lord. Help us to be those that stand on your word and follow what you say, no matter, no matter the circumstance, that we would stay in the house of bread even when there isn't any bread. Wow. That we would stay in your house even when there isn't any bread. Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 through 14. Now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God because you obey the voice of the Lord your God because you have made a decision to obey the voice of your God the Lord your God blessed shall you be in the city blessed shall you be in the country blessed shall be the fruit of your body the produce of your ground and the increase of your herds the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. Whew. The Lord shall cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven different ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you and in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself just as he has sworn to you. If you keep my commandments of the Lord your God, and walk in his ways then all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord and shall be afraid of you and the, or shall have respect for you and the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body in the increase of your livestock in the produce of your ground in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give to you the Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your lands in its season and to bless all the work of your hands. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath if you heed 
the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful, careful, careful to observe them. So you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day, to the right or to the left. That took care of all politics right there, right out the window. To the right or to the left. To go after other gods to serve them. I heard this the other day. It says, that Christian man leans left while I lean right. And the answer of the man that was, he was speaking to said, I don't lean either way. I stand on the word. Yeah. That good? I don't lean one way or the other because those things don't determine who I am in Christ. I lean towards his kingdom. I stand on the word. And his word says that if I obey him, even in the midst of trouble, even in the midst of lack, that doesn't sound like God. We've heard the wrong doctrine. We've been listening to stuff that is not godly. I have, to, I have spoken things from a pulpit that were not his word because I heard them from someone else. It's My prayer for the last six months has been discernment. Lord, I want discernment. Lord, I want you to give me discernment. I want your Holy Spirit to speak to me. Lord, I don't want to go to YouTube to learn something. I don't want to go to a... a I want you to download it into me. And I'm not any, any better than anybody in this room. You could have the same prayer, that God would give you discernment. That you would learn and, and grow according to what he says and not what anybody else says. We'll be on the same page if we're all listening to the same spirit and eating the same spiritual food and drinking the same spiritual water, as it says. But we're not. We're all over the place. So let new life's new prayer be discernment. Lord, give us discernment of your word. That we would be perfectly in line with who you are, that we would obey your commandments, and that these blessings would overtake us. Because today we make a decision. We decide. We decide that I'm staying in the house of bread no matter the circumstance. No matter how people treat me, no matter what happens, no matter if there's this, that, or the other thing, I don't care what happens. Whether I like the pastor or I don't like the pastor, it doesn't matter. I'm staying in the house of bread. Because it's his house. It's not mine. It's his. You belong to him. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. For a very short time, I thought you belonged to me. That was a burden. Can I say this without offending anybody? I don't want you. I want him. <laughs> you should want him too because he wants you. And if we belong to him, he should be the one who leads us, directs us, and gives us direction. But you have to decide. You have to decide. And next week we'll cover service. Once you make this decision, now there's something you have to do. Well, I'm not coming next week then. Because if I have to do something, no, I just, no. You don't want to miss the rest of this series. I'm telling you, the Lord is speaking to us as a church. He really is. I don't know about you, but he's speaking to me. 
I could have done this by myself with any of you here today and preached myself happy. Because your eyes are open. And you start to realize, Lord, this is what I need. I need to make better decisions. I'm in the situation I'm in because of me. Yeah, decisions that I have made put me right where I'm at. It's nobody else's fault. It's mine. You should say, it's mine. <laughs> you left me up here by myself. I felt so bad. Thank you, Lord. I just love you, Father. I praise you this morning, and I just pray, Lord, for that discernment to make good decisions. Oh, that's, that's a sermon right there. Discernment to make good decisions, Lord, to make godly decisions. That's even better. Discernment to make godly decisions. Let your Holy Spirit lead us, and let us always confer with you. Lord, is this what you want me to do? Lord, is this who you want me to be with? Lord, do I need to get rid of some of these friends? Lord, do I need to stop going to some of these places? Lord, do I need to quit taking some of these things? And then decide to say yes, Lord. We love you, Father. We praise you. Thanks for listening to the New Life Bible Church podcast. If you're ever in the Central Florida area, consider this a standing invitation for you to join us. We would love to meet you. Services are Sundays at 1030 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If this message blessed you, imagine what it would be like in person. Keep up with everything going on at New Life on our website, orangecitychurch.com. New Life Bible Church, you will never be the same.